Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Welcome to the free version of the Michael Savage podcast, and I'm going to keep it free for all of you. But there are many of you who would love to be able to listen to my show without any ads. I love ads, but many of you want to listen to the podcast free of ads. So we created something for you, a solution. We call it the Savage Premium. For less than the price of one flat, tasteless beer at your local bar, you can receive access to all of my podcasts going back years ad-free for just $3.99. That's at $3.99 a month. You'll get not only my ad-free podcast, but you will also occasionally receive access to material that is exclusive for members only, and I'm going to give you the list in a minute of what you've, what you've missed. You're going to get an occasional monologue from me, maybe a reading from one of my novels, sneak peeks of interviews before anyone else hears them, archive pieces dating back to 1994. Many things that come up, you're going to get exclusive access to Michael Savage material. Details can be seen on my website, michaelsavage.com, and if you want to join... All you got to do is go to glow.fm and search Savage Premium. That's glow.fm and search Savage Premium. Now, you will always have access to my free weekly podcast. I want to be clear about that. That's my promise to you. But if you want less ads and more Savage, join the Savage Premium Club today and never miss a spoken word of mine. It's glow.fm slash Savage Premium. You can find it on michaelsavage.com. And here's some of the stuff that you have missed so far. Michael Savage reading from his best-selling novel, Countdown to Mecca. My words, my voice. Savage reads from one of his lost journals, Fiji, 1968. Savage's first drive-time show, Hour One. My interview with the Jewish gangster, very popular. I uh, read from my first written, published article, Who Was at the Helm? From 1965, it's heard nowhere but on my premium site. I read passages from my novel, Abuse of Power. 
Uh, we replayed Fat Al's Tuna. My Savage show from 324.94, the earliest show in the archive, 324.94. My interview with Donald Trump from 110.2011. 110.2011, while Mark Levin was mocking him and Sean Hannity was mocking him uh, and the others were mocking him, I was interviewing Trump much more. And remember, subscribers also get ad-free podcasts every week. The cost is less than a beer at a bar and you get a better buzz. With, with the Savage Premium. So go to go to glow.fm slash Savage Premium for full access to ad-free podcasts and exclusive sound you'll not hear anywhere else. Thank you very much. Nobody moves. Everything will be okay. If you try to make any moves, you'll danger yourself and the airplane. Just stay quiet. Anybody know what that smoke is in lower Manhattan? I'm sorry, say again? A lot of smoke in lower Manhattan. Yeah, out of the uh, top of the World Trade Center building, the major fire. Yeah. Can you look out your window right now? Yeah. Can you, can you see God about 4,000 feet, about 5 east of your airport right now? Looks like he's... Yeah, I see him. Did you see God? Look, is he descending for the building also? He's descending really quick, too, yeah. Well, that's... Well, he's 500 feet now. He just dropped 800 feet in like, a, like one, one sweep. That's, that's another situation. Today's show is not really a show. It's really a funeral. It's a wake. It's 9-11. Years ago, we all know what 9-11 was. Today, most people don't even know what 9-11 is. They know about the abs of a degenerate actor. They know about the breasts or the... Um, but of some dumb actress, but they don't know anything about the shock that is awaiting us here in America. The shock will be another terrorist attack as sure as I am sitting here and you are listening to this podcast. Do I know it for sure? No, but my intuition tells me and logic would indicate that with a weakling psychotic administration bending over backwards to apologize for radical Islam and the recent debacle in Afghanistan where major weapon systems were given to the most terroristic organizations in the world. Oh, yeah, I know. They're our friend. Sure. They're now our friend, those people running uh, Afghanistan. I don't think so. Well, years back, I wrote a couple of novels. Three of them were published. They all became bestsellers. They were the Jack Hatfield series. The first was called Abuse of Power, and it was a huge bestseller. It was about a radical Islamic cell in America that wants to set off a nuke and take over total political control of the United States of America. And my character, Jack Hatfield, is the hero, and he stumbles upon this plot, shared network, who uncovers a chilling Islamic terrorist plot and it was a bestseller, and I could write a book like that when it was published in 2011. It was a big hit because people were still aware of the dangers of radical Islam. And that was followed up by the next book in the Jack Hatfield series called Countdown to Mecca. Again, a story about radical Islam, but a twist in a plot that's very unique. And again, the reporter Jack Hatfield is the one who uncovers this plot a conspiracy actually to destroy Mecca by the U.S. military. 
This is a reversal, by the way. It's, it's a page turner that really went over well. But I looked deeply into this subject as these novels were being written. And there are some pieces of it that are worth reading today as a warning of what's coming tomorrow. The third and last in the trilogy was called A Time for War, and it's about not Islamic terror, but the terror of China doing an EMP blast here in America. It's another best-selling book. But let's focus on radical Islam because it's back, and it's like a Frankenstein with new weapons and a completely deballed military sitting here in the United States. Now, why do I say deballed? Individually, these men are probably still tough as nails. Well, maybe fat and tough as nails. They're certainly not the warriors they once were. And so I wrote in Countdown to Mecca the following. The upper echelons of the United, of the United States military from the president down through the entire general staff had forgotten their collective duty. They had grown soft and indecisive in their misguided desire for peace at any cost, satisfied to let the tide of Islam slowly envelop the world. How many Middle Eastern governments would have to fall to Muslim extremists before America's leaders woke up and realized the folly of their peaceful ambitions? First, the Egyptian government had been overthrown and taken over by Hamas. Then Gaddafi was deposed with the help of American air support, only to see Al-Qaeda move in and set up house. And now it looked as though Syria would be the next to fall. Ashlock believed that something bold and decisive had to be done to cauterize the growing malignancy of Islam. And since no one in the upper echelons of any Western government possessed the resolve to take this decisive action, it appeared that he would have to do it for them. Now, this book was published in 2011, Countdown to Mecca. What's interesting is Donald Trump was elected with the help of myself and many others, and he was the only one who took on radical Islam and never forget he destroyed ISIS along with the Russian Air Force, wiped them off the map while they went into hiding, and now they're back because of Biden and the wokesters in the Biden administration. We are in very deep trouble. Anyone with a brain can foresee what is going to happen here in America. We pray to God it doesn't happen, but we fear it will happen. We don't know where it will happen or how it will happen. We know that the military today is not what the military was under Donald Trump. The military has been purged. The military has been looking for white supremacists, so-called. In other words, anyone who's willing to stand up for America has been declared a white supremacist by the perverts and the psychopathic leftists in the Department of Defense and on the Biden. So we're sitting here like a ripe duck waiting to be shot out of the sky. So who's going to save us? I don't know. I do know that if a terrorist attack does occur, the first instinct of the Biden administration will be to try to pin the blame on a white separatist group or a white nationalist group. That'll be the first thing they're going to try to do. The next thing they're going to try to do is seize our hunting rifles. Never mind just our handguns. They'll try to take our guns away for our own safety. That is exactly, remember, never let a crisis go to waste. That's the Democrats. We're in very dangerous waters right now, and I hope we don't go down. But the fact of the matter is, Anyone with a brain and the ability to see slightly around the corner can see what's coming. It's going to be each man for himself if this keeps up, especially with what has gone on inside uh, the United States military as witnessed by what went on in Kabul. And so, again, I want to turn back to fiction because sometimes fiction is more powerful than truth. And I'm going to read a bit from Countdown to Mecca 
by Michael Savage, New York Times bestselling author of A Time for War. The Countdown for Mecca book came out in 2015. Again, it was a book I could publish then. The publishers were not afraid of offending the apologists for Islam. And so this book was published. And there's a few pieces in it worthy of uh, your attention for a moment, I think. Here it comes. So one of my characters is a man named Brooks. And the writer then quoted from a Brooks speech several months back where he said, Islam is at war with the West, whether we want to realize it or not. It was an accurate quote, and though presented in a way meant to make him seem like a borderline lunatic, was in fact probably the truest thing in the story. Brooks inwardly sighed, if only the fourth estate was filled with more people like Jack Hatfield, he thought. Hatfield would have communicated the fact that Brooks was not a lunatic, borderline or otherwise. Hatfield would have known and reported that while Brooks had spent his entire adult life in military uniform, he had worked hard to keep his perspective as wide as possible. He'd studied art and voraciously read history. The final stages of the Eastern Roman Empire were a special interest and had been since his second year at the Virginia Military Institute when he was 15. He had written a paper on the fiasco of the Angeloi dynasty for an independent study project at West Point. Later at command school, he had produced a 300-page report on the Fourth Crusade, analyzing the social aspects as well as the military ones. He was equally at home talking about how a Roman sculptor carved a statue as how a modern army moved to battle. This broad background made Brooks acutely aware of the danger Islam posed to the West. The administration was particularly blind and stunningly inept. But even the president's firmest critics were mostly unaware of the deep movements of history that were taking place. Analysts focused on regime change in one country and popular movements in another, while completely missing the deep radicalization that had swept Islam and informed every aspect of Muslim life. Jack Hatfield would have understood all that. Now, of course, this was published by me in 2015, and we are now living in a new world, a world where ISIS had been completely crushed, and now they are back. And they're back, and they're empowered, they're encouraged, and they're filled with modern American weapons. So it's only a matter of time until we see a disaster here on our shores and or somewhere in Europe. So again, I've turned to fiction to give us a little perspective on the reality that we may be facing. I know it may be uncomfortable. And the fact of the matter is, what's more uncomfortable than being uncomfortable is being dead. I'll be right back on the Savage Nation to pick up our discussion of 9-11 then and Biden's coming 9-11 tomorrow. Back in a minute. Michael Savage, a host like no other. One of my favorite quotes is that of Barry Goldwater, uh, which were given when he spoke at the 1964 Republican National Convention in San Francisco's Cow Palace. I would remind you that extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. Moderation in the pursuit of justice is no crime. What does that mean? I am a Goldwater conservative. Those are the truest words ever spoken in my lifetime. And next to Eisenhower's beware the government military industrial complex. But it doesn't mean you have to slaughter innocent people if you believe that extremism 
in the defense of liberty is no vice. It doesn't mean you blow up parliament buildings. It doesn't mean you go out and kill children. What I want you, the savage listener, to understand is that you can be an extremist without being a murderer or a terrorist. You can be an extremist in what you do and work around the clock to save this nation without having to resort to violence. That's the whole point of all of my shows. It is not to withdraw from the field of battle with multiculturalism and anti-Americanism that we are now seeing metastasizing in the Biden administration to a level of cancer we never thought could occur in our lifetime. We're not supposed to shrink from combat with socialism, nor to retreat from fighting cultural and economic Marxists, but you must redouble your efforts to fight them with everything in your power without resorting to violence. Do not resort to terrorism. Do not become a murderer. Do not become like the left, but remain an extremist. I'm telling you, you can be an extremist without being a terrorist. Being rational and being right doesn't often gender love from the people, but we all have jobs to do. I've got to call them the way I see them. And I'm telling you that extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. But it doesn't mean that we have to become violent. I've said that to you and I'll say it to you over and over again. I hope you understand what I just said to you and how important that is. We must fight the terrorists in the Biden-Harris administration with everything in us without resorting to their tactics of violence. And we once had a president who understood the threat of radical Islam. He was called Donald Trump. Did you ever think that maybe it was Al-Qaeda and Islamic forces that worked in cahoots with the Democrat Party to overthrow Trump with the big lie? Did you ever think that it was Obama and the leftists who were out to decimate or deball the U.S. military? Oh, sure, we still have brave men not running the military. Do you have any doubt that the community organizer in chief, Barack Obama, was out to decimate, weaken the U.S. military? He subverted the values and principles on which our country was founded, on which we uh, rose to our position as the richest and most powerful nation in the world. And if you examine what Biden-Harris is doing to undermine our military, you will see that this administration has conducted an, uh, an all-out war against the military. And that is why the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan may not have been botched at all. It could have been done on purpose in order to demoralize the military and America. That's right. You heard me. Maybe it wasn't a botched withdrawal. Maybe it was meant to humiliate the military. Maybe it was orchestrated by occasional Cortex and her band of the squid out to strangle and poison America by throwing ink in our eyes. There are many incidents that I have written about over the years. Perhaps the worst was in August of 2011, when more than 20 Navy SEALs were sent to their deaths in Afghanistan on a slow-moving Chinook helicopter. Obama never ordered an investigation of this incident. As Commander-in-Chief at the time, Barack Obama was responsible for the deaths of all of those Navy SEALs when they were sent to their death because they were put on a slow Chinook helicopter in order to transport them to a battle site. This was the single largest loss of SEALs in the history of this elite corps. Many in the military who knew what was going on whispered that this was an assassination of these fighting men. To this date, there's been no real investigation, no blame, no culpability. No one has been indicted for this fiasco. So if you think what happened in Afghanistan is bad, it is. It's horrible. 
But let me tell you something. 20 Navy SEALs were sent to their deaths by Obama. Did he have a direct hand in this? Well, some would say as commander-in-chief, he has direct responsibility. But why has there been no real investigation other than a whitewash and a cover-up? Why has the media buried this story? I wrote a whole novel about it. I banged the drum on it over and over again. What was this about? What happened? Why were these Navy SEALs not sent in on the same advanced helicopters that our military used when they killed Osama bin Laden? Why has no one asked that question? Remember, we're talking about August 2011. August 2011 is now August, September 2021, 10 years ago, when 20 Navy SEALs were sent to their deaths in Afghanistan by being sent on a military mission on a slow-moving Chinook helicopter. They were sent in on a single transport helicopter that is known to be slow and vulnerable. A helicopter that was shot out of the sky by a single rocket-propelled grenade. Who authorized that mission? Was it a general who issued the order? Was it a girl from Harvard University who was put into the White House like an agent of the KGB who said, go ahead and use that helicopter? Or maybe it was just the president who couldn't keep his mouth shut. He had to take credit for the successful raid. And he identified to the world Navy SEAL Team 6 so the Taliban knew who did it. As I've explained to you in previous writings, and I will explain to you again, this administration relies on Ivy League educated girls to tell him how to run the military. They are the secret government running the military and running this country. They know nothing. Most of them are fools. In that case, in 2011, when those SEALs were killed, maybe they did it to save on fuel and promote green energy. We don't know why it was done. All we know is no one has gone to jail for this killing of 20 Navy SEALs. But there's more to the story. The killing of the Navy SEALs in 2011 demonstrates what happens when you put a subversive community organizing team in charge of the most powerful military force in history. This administration's undermining of the military did not stop in Kabul. There's more to it than that. Are you aware of the incident I'm about to tell you about? 47 of our soldiers suffered head, spine, and pelvic injuries, when more than 1,000 were injured, some seriously parachuting in a mock battle scenario during training in Germany in the early 2011 period, 2012. Was there an investigation? Did you know that Obama managed to ensure that nearly $600 billion was automatically stripped from the U.S. defense budget when the so-called select committee charged with finding $1.5 trillion in savings as part of the debt ceiling deal was instituted? It was all a setup from the start. The Democrats did it then. The Democrats did it now. The Democrats will do it tomorrow. Cutting costs? Not really. I am talking about one scandal after another. And by the way, while I'm at it, we're talking about the weakening of the military. Do you remember the incident at Fort Hood? I'll bet you forgot that one. Did you know that the military carries its political correctness well beyond punishing what should be inoffensive behavior against social minorities to failing to punish life-threatening behavior on the part of Muslim religious minorities in the military? Do you remember the Major Nidal Hassan's murder of 13 military personnel in 2009 at Fort Hood, carried out in the name of Allah? He screamed about Allah. Did you know the military to this day remains afraid to stand up to this real existential threat? Did you know about that? 
Did you know that Nidal Hassan, who slaughtered 13 military personnel who had been disarmed on a military base at Fort Hood, did you know that he's still alive, that he's never been executed? So if you think that the incident in Kabul occurred in a vacuum, you are mistaken. You are very, very mistaken. The southern border is wide open. And instead of looking at the terrorists, the diseased, the grifters, the bums, the welfare recipients coming over the border, this administration is more concerned with white racist groups hiding in the mountains of Idaho and the sparsely populated deserts of West Texas. The White House is frighteningly, woefully ill-equipped for the times that we are living in. Back then, the U.S. Army willfully ignored the pro-Jihad rants of Major Nidal Hassan. Despite multiple reports by his superiors about the pro-Islamist internet postings he had made before, Hassan shouted, Allahu Akbar! And then he shot and killed 13 and wounded 30 at Fort Hood, Texas in November 2009. The new Biden administration has less to do with stopping terrorism and more to do with their continuing assault on our constitutional rights. It reminds me of what happens in totalitarian states everywhere as citizens, as citizen is turned against citizen, family member against family member, while the state accumulates increasing power over its citizens' lives. I'll conclude by saying to you, I fear another terrorist attack on the order of 9-11 as a result of Biden's so-called blunder in Afghanistan. Al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups, including ISIS, are now more emboldened than they've ever been in their entire lives. And the, the next thing they want to do is show us how powerful they are. With the police having been deballed here in America by Antifa, Antifa and Black Lives Matter, to me both domestic terrorist groups, pardon me, with the police now being told to look the other way while cities are attacked, by them, what do you think is going to happen when Islamic terrorists sneak in or pop up from they're already here, okay? They're here already. What do you think is going to happen if they want to set off some horrendous attack here in America? What form it will take is anyone's guess. You know, take your choice. All we know is that it's liable to happen. But what's going to happen is the Biden administration will not seek out to find who actually did it and find the Islamic terrorists who did it. Instead, they will try to purge the United States of all true patriots. They will blame white males. They'll blame white uh, supremacy at first, and then they will try to seize our guns. They never let a crisis go unused. This is the savage nation. We're living in very dangerous times because you elected, you elected this lying, senile old man surrounded by these Ivy League anti-American left-wing perverts who are running this country. Have a nice day. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. It's been over 20 years since 9-11-2001. Most Americans don't know the difference between 9-11 and a 7-11. And I remember 9-1-1. I watched those planes fly in to the World Trade Center. I couldn't believe what I was watching. When I went on the air that day, 
my emotions were raw. And many of you have requested that I replay segments from that original show from September 11th, 2001. It is a day that shall live in infamy. Never forget what happened. If you missed it, here it is again on the Savage Nation podcast. the United States of America. The radical Muslim world has declared war on America. We are at war. We are at war. Attention, America. This is your Pearl Harbor. This is your Pearl Harbor. There were 50,000 people in the World Trade Center today, a World Trade Center that no longer exists demolished by two hijacked airliners, taken over by radical Muslims. Ladies and gentlemen, you will never forget this day as long as you live. It is time for you to come out of your sleep. It is time for you to put your hats on forward. It is time for you to throw your pornography in a bonfire. It is time for you to turn off your sports. It is time for you to turn off your entertainment. You will not have a nation unless you awaken and stand up like a man. What can be done? I want to remind you that we are at war. We do not know the exact count of fatalities at the World Trade Center. As you well know, uh, radical Muslims hijacked these two planes. In fact, on the uh, web right now, Senator Orrin Hatch of the Intelligence Committee is reporting. We have intelligence that two connected to bin Laden set over private airwaves. We hit two targets. We hit two targets. Those two targets, of course are the World Trade Center in New York City, no longer existent. I'm going to remind you that the United States went to war when Pearl Harbor was attacked, when 2,800 or 2,700 or 2,900 boys were killed by the Japanese. Ladies and gentlemen, what will it take for this country to close the borders, to reassert English as our language, to stop the flood of asylees from every garbage can in the world? This is the result of a weakened nation. Ladies and gentlemen, we are at war. What must be done? Where are Bush and Cheney? What emergency steps are you taking? Are you offended at Bush's absence? This is a day that will live in infamy, but I want to tell you this. Many of you are frightened in the false assumption that terrorism cannot be fought against. That is the wrong assumption. It is the wrong conclusion. That is what you're going to hear from the defeatists. I want to remind everyone listening to Michael Savage that Japan's kamikaze attacks ended only after Truman dropped two atomic bombs on Japan. I will repeat that. Kamikazes never act on their own. They are financed, they are trained, and they are supplied by governments. Kamikazes do not act on their own. Japan's kamikaze attacks ended only after we dropped two atomic bombs on their homeland. We must atomize their training camps. We must atomize their training camps now. And I am not the only one who knows this. Congressman Rohrbacker from Orange County, California this morning was furious. He had been trying to warn the morons at the highest level for months now that this was coming. 
and they called him a right-wing maniac. They ridiculed Rohrbacher. They dismissed him as a right-wing nut. Maybe you've dismissed me as a right-wing nut. When I've been telling you for years, close the borders. Where do you think the terrorists came from? How do you think they got into our country? You morons, I've been telling you that ultra-tolerance is killing us. Well, the day has come. This is your Pearl Harbor. You're going to live with it just as I am. Reports now coming out of cities across America. Gasoline is $5 a gallon in Kansas City. Gasoline, $4 a gallon in Louisville, Kentucky. Gasoline is $5 a gallon in Detroit. Gas lines forming all afternoon throughout Tulsa, blocking major streets and intersections. Ladies and gentlemen, where is our president? I will tell you that I am appalled that we have not heard from Bush except for one mealy mouth speech this morning. I am shocked that he was forced to leave the nation's capital. I am disgusted that even Hillary Clinton was on the White House lawn giving a speech today and nowhere could be found Bush or Cheney. And I voted for this man. Where is our leadership? Where have all the good men gone? This is what you get when you have a president who keeps saying, let's move on. By the way, the USS Cole was blown up a year ago. They're still investigating it. Maybe they should create a blue ribbon commission and hire somebody to go investigate it for 10 years. I am telling you that this is a direct result of ultra tolerance. This is a direct result of open borders. This is a direct result of a politically corrected society that is afraid to call what it is it is. Everybody knows who did this. Everybody knows who's behind this. Everybody knows what must be done. Where is Bush? Where is Cheney? Do you have any idea what has happened to your country? Do you know that your life will never be the same? Are you aware that your comfort level has changed forever? Do you comprende, amigo? We are at war. Close the borders. Close them with Mexico. I've been trying to stop this. I've been telling you about it. I've been warning you about it. Dateline, Cairo, Egypt today. Bullseye says Egyptians as they celebrate anti-U.S. attacks. Egyptian students, taxi drivers, shopkeepers celebrating in Cairo. Bullseye commented to them as they watched footage of the Twin Towers of your World Trade Center shrouded in plumes of smoke. Another Egyptian man told AFP he was pleased with the wave of violence in which another plane crashed into the Pentagon in Washington. Nice work, said Abdel Karim, who drives a car for an Asian embassy. He said, and I quote, the Americans have forgotten that God exists. They have us by the throat, and now they find themselves in a science fiction film scenario, but this time Rambo's not there to save the White House. Ladies and gentlemen, Abdel Karim hailed the attacks as the best thing that's happened since the October War. Egyptian is considered an ally of the United States. Egyptian is considered one of the moderate countries in the Middle East. Khalil Matar, 43, who works in a state-run soap factory, said, the Americans are cowards. They use other countries to hit us. They don't have the courage to meet us face-to-face. The myth of the indestructible United States has gone up in smoke. What about the women of Egypt? Compassion? Let's listen to Polytechnic student Amira Riyadh, who said, we saw the World Trade Tower crash down, referring, of course, to the towers going down. She said, quote, I only wish U.S. President George Bush and his dear little baby, Ariel Sharon, had been buried in there, too. There are your moderate Arabs. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go to John Ashcroft, our politically corrected attorney general, now speaking on the Savage Nation. 
Now is the time for us to come together as a nation to offer our support, our prayers for victims and for their families. For the what are you going to do to protect us? Law enforcement officials. Stop with this. Every bus that has been changed forever by this horrible tragedy. What are you doing to the following protect is us? a summary of the known facts surrounding today's Turn incident. them right off. American. I want him off my show. I want this Mr. Rogers off my show. Where is the muscular reaction? Where are the men of America? Where is the leadership of America? Next, we're going to hear that we're going to get uh, counselors going out so you can get on your hands and knees and pray. They'll tell you what color ribbon to put on. I'll be right back. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. War has been declared on America by the radical Muslim world. So far, we have only heard speeches by passionless organization men who feel nothing, who say nothing, who do nothing, who do not protect us, who cannot protect us. Where are the men of America? You've heard me say that well, this is what happens when you get an MBA for a president instead of a leader. I've been screaming for leadership from the day this guy came to power and started to act this way. He's been saying, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's not look at Chinagate. Let's not look at those who may have been treasonous in the past administration. Let's let Dianne Feinstein talk about China like it's our friend. Let's let Biden get on the air today and say, let's not rush to judgment. This is what happens when you don't have a leader. If you trust these organization men to pull you out of this mess, then you're a bigger sad sack that I have ever seen. We are at war. Everybody knows who did it. They're taking credit for it. They're celebrating in many Middle Eastern cities, giving out candy to children, dancing in the streets, saying, hooray, we hit a bullseye. Ladies and gentlemen, the one thing I want you to remember today is this. I have heard people say we cannot fight terrorism. We cannot strike back at those who are willing to die for their cause. Nothing could be further from the truth. Why? Because Japan's kamikaze attacks, where Japanese pilots crashed their planes into our ships, those kamikaze attacks came to an end only after we dropped two atomic bombs on, the Japan's, on Japan's homeland. Remember this. Kamikaze suicide bombers do not act on their own. They are financed, they are trained and supplied by governments or rogue states. There are reactions that must occur. I do not think they will occur. I just watched one of the most pathetic shows of weakness in my life. A Senate, a House, they give a speech and they sing like a group of school children, God bless America, and nobody screams for vengeance, and nobody says that this, these deaths will be uh, paid for. I have never seen anything like this in my life. We have a nation of beaten morons running the country, and I'm going to say it like it is. There doesn't seem to be a man or woman amongst them. And the most nauseating of all was Charlie Schumer. After the event, he was smiling and laughing and doing deals on his side. That's who you have up there, a bunch of bag men and bag ladies. We do not have a central government. We have a bunch of special interest representatives. Now, I want you to listen to one of the most pathetic shows of weakness in my life. Listen now to the Savage Nation. Here's your leader. Take us to your leaders. Do you believe what you're listening to? Instead of screaming death to the to those who perpetrated this on us, they're singing like they're in a high school assembly, these morons. I never heard anything like this. I feel like I'm on a ship that's going down like the Titanic. And the, and the captain and the crew went up to the rear deck and they got out their little Bibles and they're singing on the back of the deck. I never heard anything like this. Never. The training camps for this type of event 
are in the Bekaa Valley of Lebanon. They are in target. The U.S. military knows where they are. They have them in their sights. They could have taken them out yesterday, last month, last year. That's number one. Number two, we know that the, tra the terrorists are trained in only three or four places, and the capitals that are supplying them with money and with intelligence are only in three or four capitals. Those capitals should disappear. You see what I'm getting at? Ladies and gentlemen, I also want to tell you that your life will never be the same. It will not go back to normal. You've got to accept that. And anyone who tells you otherwise is crazy. Your country will never be the same. The country will never be the same. Close the borders now. Slam the gates shut on Mexico. That is where these terrorists are seeping into our country. They're all around you. They're in this country now. They've come here on student visas. They've come here on the phony asylum rackets. They're in this country. They have been in this country. I've been trying to warn you about this, and nobody has taken me seriously. They've marginalized Michael Savage. They marginalized the few congressmen and senators who were concerned, and we were right all along. That's not the issue. The issue is what do we do now? The issue is where is our leadership? The issue is what kind of government do we have? I want to say at this time that whether or not Israel existed wouldn't matter. The uh, radical Muslim world is a world of terror. It is a world of terror from top to bottom. It is a world where there are no rights. They are killing Christians in their own countries. They are jailing Christians in Afghanistan. They would have attacked America one way or the other with or without Israel. That's my opinion. We are at war. We know who did it. There is no point to do any studies. I say unleash the nukes now and look for the perpetrator later. That is my opinion. If you think it's reckless, there's nothing I can do. That's my nature. If I were in charge of this, I wouldn't hesitate to drop a few nuclear weapons today on the capitals that I know have to be involved with this dastardly act against our people and our nation. And if we don't react, further damage will be done to this country. That is my opinion. We have the capability, but we are like the pitiful, helpless giant. We are like a giant that has been blinded. And my heart is is not broken, but my heart is down today, ladies and gentlemen. My heart is down because I have no leader to turn to. Home of Borders, Language, Culture, The Savage Nation. America is at war. We have not yet been told with whom. However, our great leaders, after a busy day of flying from here to there and taking naps and having meetings, will eventually uh, tell us who we might be at war with. I want to remind those of you who are frightened that, yes, there is reason to be frightened. But no, it is not a time to crawl under a bed. It is a time to realize that either we stand up as a nation or we disappear as a people. We stand up and we say that we can fight terrorism. Kamikazes do not act on their own. Terrorists do not act on their own. They are given their bombs, they are trained and given their missions, and they are financed by governments and by rogue states. Remember in World War II, our boys faced men willing to die for their country of Japan, Japanese airmen who flew their planes into our ships. After we dropped two atomic bombs on their homeland and their military's might was broken and their political might was broken, and the will of the people was broken. There were no longer any kamikaze attacks coming from Japan. We need to launch the missiles immediately. 
if we do not act within the next 6 to 12 hours, they will laugh at us. They will do it again. This is a direct result of weakness. The radical Muslim world has declared war on your way of life. We are at war. What must be done? Where are Bush and Cheney? Are you offended at Bush's absence? What must be done? You know what sickened me today? I'll tell you the truth. When I saw the Congress giving a speech, one congressman after another, Schumer, I saw Senator Hillary Clinton giving a speech, and George Bush was nowhere to be found. Dick Cheney was nowhere to be found. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I couldn't believe that we, that we had no leadership. What would you do if you were in charge? What must be done right now in the United States of America other than closing the borders and ending all asylum in the United States of America? We must kick out everyone in this country who's here on an asylum racket. Everyone here with a false asylum racket should be thrown out of the country immediately. We've gone to sleep. We're like a gigantic nation of somnambulists. Maybe this is our wake-up call. God willing, this terrible tragedy could wind up saving America. This is a new world. This is exactly what we feared. I expect that the Anti-Terrorism Act put in place by Bill Clinton, the Emergency Act, will go in place sometime in the next few days. That means that our freedoms will be restricted. I haven't any idea when it will happen. I, have any, I haven't any idea what impact it will have upon your life. But I do know that FEMA is probably going to declare a state of emergency. I do know that we on the right have been warning you about these extraordinary powers that would be turned on the wrong segment of society, which are probably the law-abiding law side of society, rather than those who perpetrated this, uh, terrible ter these terrible acts. I believe we are paying the price of Bill Clinton's capitulations, Bill Clinton's constant coddling of terrorists, Bill Clinton's hugging and kissing of Arafat, uh, Bill Clinton's destruction of the military, Bill Clinton's constant politically correct, political correcting uh, of America to the point where we're virtually a pitiful, helpless giant. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Russ on the Savage Nation, welcome. Hello, Dad. How are you? It's awful. How do you today. feel today? I, on, my, on the line is, is Russ Savage, son of Michael Savage, a different generation with a different perspective. How do, how do you see this? Well, I'll tell you right now, when I ran for California State Assembly three years ago, at the end of my campaign, after I lost, I won the primary, then lost the general election in a liberal area, I wrote a poem, and it basically went like this, is that liberals will lay in the sun until they get skin cancer, they'll eat fatty foods until they have a heart attack, they'll drink till they have liver cancer, and they'll vote liberal until the country is gone. People don't react until it's too late. That's human nature, and that's the liberal nature. It's a tragedy, but it, we knew it was coming. The conservative movement always knew this day was going to come, but we prayed it wouldn't come this fast. That's the reality of this. We all knew it was going to happen. We just prayed it well, wouldn't what, happen. What is, it, what is it that you would do as a young man? You've not fought in a war. You weren't in Pearl Harbor. Neither was I. What would you do today? Well, I did. I thought about going out on the sides of the freeways and holding up an American flag and just doing anything I could do. I know what we all want to do, but we can't do that. Everyone has emotions of, of hate and anger right now. Now, you have, a, you have a friend who works for a major financial brokerage. Tell us about that, would you, Russ? Morgan Stanley had, I think, 50 floors of one of the buildings. Everyone in there is gone. And Merrill Lynch, I think, occupied 50 to a, some other crazy amount of floors in another building. Where? In the World Trade Center? They, they were in that building 50 floors? Each. 
at least, and they're both gone off the earth. And now how do you rebuild something when there could have been trillions of dollars of money we don't even know about and records, and it's, it's unfathomable how deep this really gets. But instead of focusing on this, we've got to talk about what people should do right now to stick together. I think immediately everyone should have a contact of at least 200 people that they can call and set an emergency meeting place in their local area in case things get bad. We don't know what could happen. There could be bombs in every city waiting to go off. We have no idea, truthfully. No one wants to talk about that reality. But the, the truth is is there could be 50 bombs, there could be anthrax waiting to be dropped in rivers. We don't know what could go on. And if anyone thinks you're nuts for even thinking about this, then tell them to go to hell. But you have to talk to the people that have any brains on their shoulders, which is one-third of the country, and, and get a network together of all your close friends and people you can trust they can talk and be ready in case things go down, because it could go down really badly, and it could happen. And you raise moment. a very, very important point, Russ. We have been trying to stop the, uh, the flood of illegals into this country. We know that many of the terrorists came in through Mexico and through Canada. We've been screaming about it for six years on the radio. We've been called racist. We've been called every name under the sun. We were right all along, Russ. You the need problem, is, the problem is that the leadership, the leadership never, ever accepted what I was saying. Never. The conservatives that listen to you need to tell their liberal friends they caused this problem with their stupidity and their foolishness and trusting everyone like they're a stupid five-year-old, that everyone is fair and nice in the world. Idiots. They're nothing short of fools. And from now on, if you ever hear someone talk up openly the wrong way about America... Either be, I, I can't tell you what should happen to these people, but they should be ridiculed in public and told them, you don't forget what happened this day in America. That's what it happened. Yes, to it's know. a time for us to come together as Americans. We have to. And it'll be Borders, language, culture. Borders, Borders language, language culture. culture. Borders, language, Borders, culture. language, culture. I've been trying to warn the people that we are a nation. Perhaps we will still come together as a nation. God bless America. God bless you, Russ. I will see you after the show. Keep up the fight, Michael. We all count on you every day. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed and learned something from it. And I want to remind you of something that I think is important for you to know. We have over 280 Savage Nation podcast episodes available to you absolutely free. I'll say that again. You can go back into this vast library of over 280 episodes and listen to any one of them or several of them at your leisure. So you never have to be without the Savage Nation. Thank you very much for listening.